What makes death so sad and scary for those who are dying? Those who are staying behind, of course, have a different problem, which is I'm going to miss this person. But the one who's dying, that fear, that sadness, that lack of happiness are due to, oh my God, it's over or it's almost over. I haven't done enough. I haven't done what I wanted to do. I've wasted time. I've made a mess. And the thing is, because we're all going to die and we know that, it's a really good idea to start living with that awareness. That if I know, okay, I'm going to die a week from now or a month from now or six months from now, how am I going to live? How am I going to live differently? Now, not all of that can be applied to our daily lives. So for example, if you knew you were going to die in a week, chances are you wouldn't bother making life insurance payments or fire insurance payments or, you know, buying, buying a cheap airplane ticket six months in advance to go away for the holidays. But aside from those things, A lot of the decisions that we would make knowing that we only had a short time to live are actually the same decisions that we really should be making every day. And so for example, if you knew that you only had a week to live and somebody came and said, did you know that those people across the street got a new car and it's so much nicer than your car and they, I don't know how they're able to afford it. Would you care at all? Even a little bit? I mean, if you know you've got a week to live, are you going to care even a tiny bit about what anybody else is driving or wearing or earning or doing or with whom they're doing it? I mean, if someone comes to you, you've got a week to live, and somebody comes to you and says, do you know I heard at the water cooler today at the office that so-and-so went out last weekend with so-and-so, but such-and-such -such doesn't know? Would you care? You'd be like, Eddie, shut up already. Like, I only got a week to live. I don't need to hear this stuff. Let me go back to chanting God's name. Let me go back to feeling love in my heart. Let me go back to meditating. Like, Really, you want to waste time in the last week of life thinking about who's saying what to whom and who's going out with whom? And really? Of course not. So those are very good ways of living the rest of our life. Ask yourself, when, when things come up in your mind, ask yourself, if I only had a week to live, would I care about this at all? Would this bother me at all if I knew I only had a week to live? So-and-so said this about me. Who cares? So-and-so 
got ahead without even working. They cheated. I worked. They got, a, they got a promotion, but I was the one who worked harder. If you were dying, you'd be like, bless them. Just bless them with the promotion. Let them have it. My cup runneth over. And then if the doctor said to you, oh, guess what? Good news. You're not going to die. You still would not turn around and say, oh, well, then give me that promotion for God's sakes. So it's not a matter of you're dying in a week so you don't need it. It's a matter of when you think you're dying in a week, that sense of really what you need is very different. You really distill life to its essentials. And so the only way to face death happily is to know that you've really lived. Because otherwise, it's like having somebody take away your plate of food before you even start eating. Like having somebody clear away an empty plate of food isn't so sad. Your stomach is full. You've really enjoyed. But having somebody take away a full plate of food before you even start eating, when your stomach is empty, well, that's very hard to deal with. And so live your life in a way that when death comes, it's not like somebody's snatching away a full plate of food that you haven't bothered to, to be taking in. Love life, embrace life. Use every minute and every moment you have to be of service, of sharing, of giving. Because the only other way to face death happily is to know how much of you lives on. And what lives on is just the way that you've impacted people around you. It's all that lives on. You can build as many monuments as you want in your name, but it doesn't really keep you alive. The only thing that really keeps you there is the impact that you've had on people. The way that you've contributed to this earth. So you live your life in such a way that obviously death, death is never really happy unless you're very sick and suffering and it's just sort of the end of a horrendous time of suffering. But even then it's not happy because people in that situation are always hoping and thinking maybe there'll be a miracle, maybe they'll get some cure. But... It's not that you're happy to die. It's that you are happy living. And therefore, when death comes, you will also be happy. It's not, oh, I'm so happy to die. It's, I'm so happy. Period. And while I'm living, I'm happy. And I'm experiencing my life and giving and serving and really understanding the value of every minute, 
not letting little things bother me and throw me off and not getting hit around like a ping pong ball that but really grounded and really centered and really clear such that when death comes I'll be happy not because I'm happy to die but because I'm happy period and so I'll be able to make that transition in the same state that I've lived in also faith because if there's no faith, then death is just into an absolute unknown, a void, a nothingness. And inevitably, that's scary, right? I mean, fear of the unknown. If I don't know what it is and it's dark and it's nothing, well, yeah, that's scary. But if I've got a faith in the universe and I've got a faith in God by any name, any form, it doesn't matter. It's like... You know, if you've ever been in a, in a swimming, swimming pool, but especially, you know, a pool with kids, if you don't have your own kids, but you've been in a, in a pool with kids, and what you see are when little kids are learning to get in the water, typically what you have is the parent, the mom or the dad, is standing in the water, and the little kid is right on the side of the pool, and the mom or dad has their arms like this, and they're saying to the kid, jump, jump. And the kid's like, ah, and the parent says, jump, jump, it's okay, I'll catch you. And finally, after lots and lots of coaxing, and the kid runs back and forth and back and forth, and finally, the kid takes that leap into mom's arms or dad's arms. And once they do, once they leap and they're caught, they're so excited that they can't wait to get out of the pool and try it again. And then they want to just keep jumping and jumping and jumping until mom or dad says, okay, enough, my arms are tired, we'll do more later. And this is, this is how life works. If you can learn to jump in life, if you can learn that God's arms, and again, it doesn't matter what your religion is, it doesn't matter how you conceive of the divine, by a name, a form, nameless, formless, a presence, whatever it is. But if you understand that there is a, a presence and a presence of love and caring in the universe, of goodness in the universe, and you learn to jump into that in life, then death is just another jump. It's just another, another close your eyes and jump, knowing that on the other side, you're going to be caught. But if you, haven't, if you haven't developed that faith in life, it's very hard to develop it on your deathbed. Not impossible. People do have spiritual transformations on their deathbed, but it's much easier if you can develop it while you're living. And then it carries you into, into that transition.